Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chatting with the Churchills. I'm your host, Sam Churchill, and joining me as always is my co-host, Nikki Churchill. Today we're going to be talking about dealing with a spouse having success when it feels like you have failed in a certain area. So Nikki and I actually recently experienced something like this. We both took the NASM, and for those of you who don't know what the NASM is, it's a it's a test to be uh, certified as a personal trainer. So Nikki and I both took this test not too long ago, both of us going into it hoping we would pass, but only one of us actually walked out having passed. So we kind of had to deal with this area of, you know, unfamiliar terrain, because this was something new for us both, where we, we both took part in something and only one of us found success in that. Um, so just to... Uh, freshen everybody up on this is actually Nikki is the one that passed. Nikki got certified as a NASM personal trainer and I did not. So that was uh, it was an interesting experience considering I'm actually in school right now studying uh, kinesiology, which is all about fitness and personal training basically and all that kind of stuff. So it was kind of a, a shock to me that I didn't pass. But I had to deal with being supportive and encouraging Nikki because, you know, obviously I'm upset that I didn't pass, but I got to figure out how do I take the attention off me and focus it in a good place, which is on my wife who actually did well and did a good job, who she studied her butt off and actually, you know, got a benefit from the the results of that. So, you know, Nikki, what, what, what was your take on that situation? Uh, I'm not one usually to think extremely positive I usually prepare for worst case scenarios. So even though I had studied quite a bit for the NASM, I was fully prepared to deal with the idea of Sam passing and me not passing. And when Sam told me that he didn't pass, I automatically went to the like worst case scenario in my mind of, oh, we're both not gonna pass and we're both ha- gonna have to retake it. But then when I saw I passed, I was happy a little bit, but then I was mostly felt kind of weird because I felt like I shouldn't be happy because Sam wasn't happy. So it meant that I shouldn't be happy. So I should just focus all my energy into helping him to pass it next time and not even like celebrate the fact that I had worked so hard and was able to like pass. And me being a good spouse, having to, you know, I needed to take on the role of the good spouse of the encouraging spouse who instead of, you know, fixating on my own failure, I needed to fixate on my wife's success and encourage her and lift her up because that's what we need to try and do in life. Everybody, we need to, we need to not focus on the negatives. Like we talked about in our last podcast, we need to kind of change our mindset, get into a, get into a thought space of encouragement and, you know, change, change the, change how you're feeling about it. You know, I, I was upset that I didn't pass, but here I had my, you know, my amazing wife who passed and I needed to show support in that. So on our car ride home, it was very interesting. We actually most first talked about Sam and maybe the reasons why he might not have passed and stuff. And we agreed that it was just because he didn't do enough studying for the test was maybe a little overconfident thinking that just doing regular schoolwork would be enough to pass. But in fact, 
we recognize that doing the practice tests, which is something that I spent a lot of my free time doing, would help him a lot because a lot of those questions were kind of like repeats on the test. And so after the, we recognized the areas where he needed to improve, Sam did tell me that he was so proud of me and just so like knew I was going to pass because I'd been studying so much. And that really like it took me by surprise because I didn't think that I was going to pass because I, you know, prepare for the worst case scenario. And I thought, you know, worst case scenario is that I don't pass this test. But just hearing that come from him really just like changed my mindset on it and really gave me confidence and stuff. So I just, from now on, I'm trying to have a little bit more confidence in my ability, especially when I'm putting in the work. I mean, if you don't put in the work, then I don't know where that confidence can come from, but <laughs> there's still, like, you can still have confidence in your ability to perform in a certain way. But putting in the work, you should be able to have more confidence in what you're about to do. And let's not forget that you can find success in your spouse as well. You know, you got to, they're, they're your other half. So I was trying to change my mindset and the fact that, you know what, I might have personally not done well, but my wife did well. And I spent, you know, the nights and stuff helping her study and, you know, informing her on certain stuff. And, you know, there it, there's other ways to look at look at a spouse's success and your unsuccess, especially when you're doing the same thing. You know, maybe you're going for a job interview and your spouse is also going for a job interview and your spouse gets the job and you don't. Hey, you just, your family has had a success. One of you now has a job, you know, that that's better than both of you not having a job, you know, or any, any kind of scenario, you know, no matter what, it, whether it be a financial scenario, an emotional scenario, or, or what, you know, find, find success in your spouse as well. You know, obviously don't try and live through your spouse. That's not what I'm trying to say here. You have to have your own, you know, your own things that you've got going on as well. But looking at, looking at a unsuccessful situation as a straight up failure, is it necessarily the right way to go about it? Um, you know, you, I, a while ago, actually, I wrote out these two, I guess you could call them motivational things about failure. Um, and so basically the gist of them is failure is, failure isn't falling down and not, you know, or being unsuccessful. Failure is actually when you have mentally checked out and decided you aren't going to keep trying. The second you decide you're not going to keep trying or keep going and you're going to play a pity party, that's when you failed because you've given in to the, the lack of success. You haven't gone out seeking success anymore. You just give it in to the fact that you're, you, you know, you've been unsuccessful. So as long as we don't start giving up and giving up hope and, you know, quit trying, then we're, we haven't really experienced failure. It's, it's in those moments where we decide to not pick ourselves back up. You know, and you, you, it's, it's all about finding the motivation and the strength to keep getting back up on the horse, no matter how many times you fall down. And that's, what's amazing about being married is that you constantly have a support system. You know, Nikki was very supportive, very, very uplifting. Never once said, oh, it's because of this. You, 
you should be better, you should do better. She never threw it in my face. It was just all support of how can we make sure you succeed next time? How can we make sure that when you take that test that you get you get certified? There was none of this, well, yeah, you just kind of suck, you know, oh, well, suck it up. It was all very uplifting, very encouraging, very, very supportive of my spouse to be having my back and say, no, it's okay. You know, here's, here's what we need to do. And then I needed to change my mindset and be like, you know what, instead of focusing on the bad, I need to focus on the fact that my wife, my other half, who is part of me, she just did amazing. She just did awesome. You know, I want to, I want to praise that. I want to focus on that. And so that's exactly what we did. We, we ended up celebrating her, her success. And that's what we have to do, guys. We have to celebrate the success and, you know, not necessarily ignore the, fa- the, uns- the moments in our life where we're unsuccessful. You got to learn from those. But, you know, dwelling on fa- past mistakes, past failures, past, past instances where you might have been less than successful, that, that doesn't, that's not what makes a winner. That's not what breeds success. You know, you got to... You got to surround yourself with success to be successful and you have to go out and do, do stuff. You have to go out and make an effort. What would you say, Nikki? I think that you're totally on the right path and stuff with all those things that you're saying. I just wanted to reiterate a little bit on how being married, you're a team. And when one of those team members does something great, you both win. Like it's, it's fantastic. So when we moved to Santa Barbara for my schooling and Sam got a job at Costco, we both win. Like that was amazing. And then when I was able to like make it so we got financial aid so like we could actually pay for the apartment that we have without having to use the money from uh, Costco paychecks, that was another success. And then just going on and on with like Sam getting into like the SBCC Santa Barbara City College, like that was another success. And then just going through and through, it was constantly like succeeding on one side or the other or even both. But the thing that's really important is that we were both going towards our individual goals, but they were both making us better as a couple. So I'm not going to like, have the same goals as Sam and Sam's not going to have the same exact goals as me. Some of them might overlap, like both of us wanting to be personal trainers, but I wanted to go more a public health route while Sam wanted to go more like a physical therapist route. And I think that that's really important to recognize is that with your spouse or even when you're dating, like you should be able to make sure that you guys are both like going towards separate goals that make you both better because if they make you both better, then you're better as a couple. And being able to support having different goals is really important and pursuing different areas. So that's my my take. Most definitely. I think, you know, too many times people get so focused on their own self and, you know, even in a relationship, they just get focused on what they're contributing, what they bring to the table. You know, they forget that you're you're you are a team. You're you're in it with another person. It's not just a one-sided type of a deal. So I think you know, going through life, dealing with 
when your spouse is being successful and you're, you're maybe not being successful, we also need to analyze, are we going out and trying to be successful? Are we actually going out for something? Are we pushing ourselves? Are we motivating ourselves? Are we actually, you know, bettering ourselves? And are we bettering our spouse? You know, you don't want to dwell on yourself because that can bring down the whole team. If you fail and you just dwell on the failure, what what's your spouse? And your spouse is supportive, but you know, it's hard to be around negativity all the time. It really is, as Nikki knows. I, it it, it can very much so drain you and a relationship if one of the persons just constantly focusing on, well, I just never this, I never that. So don't look at being unsuccessful as a failure, I guess, if I could say anything, is to change, change the narrative of that. One thing that this topic does make me think of is a... It's not a a Bible verse, but it's just kind of a story. So there's this man that would go and he would pray every day, sometimes multiple times a day, to God that he would win the lottery. And he did this every, like, single day for, like, a year or ten years, just a ridiculous amount of time. Then all of a sudden, one day when he was praying, an angel came down with a message from God to this man. And this angel told this man, why don't you finally go out and buy a lottery ticket? So I think that really just encompasses the whole idea of just wanting to have something or wanting to do something or wanting to have a certain success, but not actually putting in the work, like the little bit, like even the smallest bit of work to have that goal be achieved. So you can't expect just out of thin air, not buying a lottery ticket for you to buy the lottery, like win the lottery. Or in my case, to be able to pass a test that you've barely studied for. You can't just, you know, expect good things to happen if you're not going out and actually putting in the work yourself to achieve them. You can't expect success if you're not willing to put in the hard work beforehand to achieve that success. And sometimes it's uncomfortable and sometimes you're going to what we call fail, but you're never failing as long as you get back out there and just keep trying at whatever you're doing. And it's okay if one of those things, just like you've failed too many times and you're like, you know what, like, I, I wanna pursue a different area. Like, that's all right, but as long as you keep trying, that's the important thing. Keep trying and keep having dreams. And it's okay to give up for the right reasons. But don't consider that a failure if you stop doing something because it's not what you were supposed to be doing. And you know what? Lean on your spouse, folks. They're your best support system. They're in this, t- they're in this with you. They're your teammate. So just remember that. Yeah. All right. This is the last bit of our uh, episode two. We hope you enjoyed it. And we hope to have you listen again for our next ones. Welcome back to another episode of Chatting with the Churchills with your host Sam Churchill and my wife Nikki Churchill. So today we wanted to talk about something that is very comforting to do during this quarantine time, which is cooking with your spouse. 
Something that brings you guys both together is fun, entertaining, takes your mind off of things and helps you focus on something that's productive and also helps you build a skill that's very important. Yeah, so we wanted to talk about how cooking with your spouse is sometimes uh, more important than people realize, for sure. Most definitely. When Nikki and I first met, Nikki actually didn't know how to cook. And nope. I, I grew up... <laughs> I grew up with all women. I have two sisters and obviously a mom. And all I did growing up for what I remember is a lot of cooking. I was in the kitchen quite a bit, um, whether it be with my mom, my nana, or my two sisters. We were usually in the kitchen doing something. From an early age, my mom made sure I knew how to cook and made it a point to teach me how to cook. I still remember making eggs, learning how to make... Um, you know, breakfast, that was basically the first thing I was ever taught was how to operate a stove and a toaster and a microwave. Nikki had a little bit of a different experience. I didn't learn how to cook until I got into college and moved out of my dorm room into my apartment my spring quarter of freshman year. So I had to learn... The basics uh, all by myself. I used a lot of videos and advice from Sam um, and my mom and my dad and basically I learned how to cook similar to Sam. I started with breakfast. I had plenty of days where I had breakfast for dinner um, and then I eventually went to overcooked chicken and overcooked basically any meat that I was eating with any meal. Uh, plenty of rice and potatoes. Anything I could microwave, I would. But then I decided, like, I was able to explore more when Sam and I actually got married. And I was home more, so I had to cook more. So I, I began to experiment and try salmon and different kinds of, like, roasted chicken in the oven. Like, pan sear. And just was able to explore cooking a lot more. But I got to say that my favorite days from dating and engagement and even marriage, a lot of the times we are cooking. We have definitely spent a lot of time in the kitchen together. And I think that that has brought our relationship closer together. Because cooking can, as, as fun as it can be, cooking can be a stressful Activity And as Nikki knows, I get pretty OCD when it comes to cooking. I like things to be a specific way. Um, I like to have a lot of space to be able to kind of cook. To me, cooking is an art form. And, you know, I become an artist when I get in the kitchen. That's not to say I'm some excellent chef, some Gordon Ramsay or what have you. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. It's just that when it comes to cooking, I like to put my full attention and I really get into it. So, you know, Nikki kind of had to maneuver around that because, you know, I could get a little bit crazy in the kitchen, I guess. I mean, what's your take on that, Nikki? How How have I acted when it comes to cooking? Well, I guess it more depends on the day. A really good memory of cooking that I remember with you was a Valentine's Day, the first year we were dating. And we cooked, I believe it was salmon. And you let me help you a little bit by like putting the seasonings on and wrapping up like the foil, which seems like really like 
not important jobs, but I was just happy to be helping at all. And just being able to like eat that meal with you that we both made was just really uh, an amazing moment that it's like, wow, like we both worked together and actually pretty well, even though Sam was doing the majority of the work, I still felt like I wasn't like completely like not important. And we made something that tasted delicious. And then after that, the memories were a few where it's like, oh, Sam just like takes complete control of the recipe and stuff. And then if something goes wrong, I'm like, well, I didn't help at all. So this is all on you. (laughs) Or if it's just um, me working on it and then something goes wrong and then Sam's like, well, like you could have asked for some of my help and then maybe this wouldn't have happened and stuff. So I think it was really just a, a give and take with like what to do. And even if I'm the only one doing dishes, It's still extremely important because we don't have many dishes. A lot of the dishes have to be reused when making one dish. So if that dish is dirty, then you have to stop your cooking in general, which could lead to something's burning or other things getting overcooked or like not getting done properly or just not keeping an eye on things because you're trying to clean the dish that you need to use again. It's good to have someone else there to clean it while you're focusing on the food. Because if there's one thing I've learned, it's that you can't double task with cooking. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's really awesome, though, to to be able to kind of teach your spouse a skill that you've had for a long time. And I really enjoyed actually passing on the knowledge I have of cooking to Nikki. Um, and I do enjoy getting in the kitchen with her. And I did want to make a point. Uh, Nikki actually knew how to uh, bake. So Nikki knew how to make sweet treats and stuff like that, which is still an amazing skill to be able to know because you still have to know how to use an oven and all that. So I don't want anybody to take away that Nikki didn't know how to, like she went into a kitchen completely blind. That's not the case at all. Yeah, I just couldn't eat cookies every day for college. (laughs) My wife is a woman of many talents. Um, But I think, you know, one one of the important things in any relationship is be able to find something to do together. For Nikki and I, it actually is cooking. Uh, We do enjoy cooking together. We enjoy that time spent together. And since we have a small kitchen, it forces us to be close to one another and deal with the stress of, hey, you're in my way. I need this. Can you help me? Um, I need to put this here. Can you help me out? Can you put that there for me? Can you get this? You know, it really teaches you to work as a team in order to make something that's delicious because, you know, cooking is such a Hi, honestly, I say it's a high risk, high reward because, you know, if you're cooking something and you look away for a second, you can burn it. Uh, you know, you could, if you don't measure properly, you can add too much salt or sugar and your, you know, your ratios are off. But it's so, it's so fun to get in there and create something. And the feeling of accomplishment when you actually make something that's good is an amazing feeling, especially to share with your spouse. So to be able to get in there and even fail at making something and be like, oh, well, you know, that didn't turn out as good as I wanted, but you still had time together. So you created a memory. You might not have made good food, but you made a memory that's going to last forever. So, you know, it's it's really awesome to be able to do that kind of stuff. And it doesn't always have to be cooking. It can be, you know, Nikki's been painting lately. If you like to paint, get into painting with your spouse, you know. Um, but during this kind of quarantine isolation type stuff, it's really beneficial to kind of get into cooking. It's really easy to read recipes and follow along recipes. Now, some are easier to follow along than others, but you know, that's what's fun about it is you kind of learn as you go. And 
you know, Nikki and I have definitely gone off the beaten path of recipes many times before where we've decided, you know what, that's too much sugar or that's too much salt. I don't like that much in there. Let's tone it down a little bit and make it our own or, you know, let's add this instead. So it really becomes a fun way to to learn and grow and develop as a couple because, you know, you're in it together. You're, you're doing something that's uh, creative and you have to be careful because if you do something wrong, you could kill one another. So yeah, you really got to be careful. So, it, you know, it's, it's really, I don't know. I'm kind of blabbering on a little bit, but. <laughs> How about we talk about what we did today on our last day of spring break before we got to move on to our online courses that we got to do. Okay. Um, well, we definitely made a lot of food. Uh, we delved into a little bit of my specialty and a little bit of Nikki's specialty so I dealt with more of the savory kind of stuff, and Nikki dealt with a lot more of the sweet stuff. So what did you make? I made our homemade lasagna. That is actually my grandmother's recipe. I don't know if I can share the exact uh, recipe. It's a little bit of a family secret. Maybe just give us, like, one little thing that's interesting about this lasagna. Uh, well, we put Swiss cheese on it. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Let your imagination run with that. It's a lot better than it sounds. So I took care of that, you know, cooked the meat and everything and uh, dealt with that. And then once that was in the oven and cooking, Nikki and I turned our attention to a little bit of baking, which both of us actually do enjoy baking. I've grown up baking with my, uh, my mom and my Nana. And what did we decide to bake today in our amazing expedition we did? <laughs> so one of my good friends... Um, recently was telling us about how he had a banana cake and that was interesting to me because I've never had any I've had banana bread but I've never had like a banana cake so Nikki and I actually found this great recipe on Pinterest for banana uh, bars that we decided to try out so we made some banana bars today Mm -hmm. um, as well as a we had too much heavy whipping cream So we decided to look up recipes that include heavy whipping cream. And so we found a recipe for heavy whipping cream pound cake. Mm -hmm. Um, So we decided to make that as well, as well as a heavy whipping cream mousse, chocolate mousse. So we kind of went a little bit of the sweet side today, made three sweet dishes. Um, You also made mashed potatoes, though. That's true. I did make mashed potatoes, which I use heavy whipping cream in my mashed potatoes to kind of make them a little bit creamier and fluffier. And they're absolutely amazing. Um, the banana bars so far, they've turned out great. We just actually finished adding the frosting to them not too long ago. So we're going to let that set for a little bit. And a good example of what we talked about before, where as a couple, you can decide, oh, like, is this a recipe that we want to follow or do we want to go our own path? This recipe of frosting called for two and a half cups of powdered sugar along with cream cheese and butter. But after adding only a cup of powdered sugar, we looked at it. We tasted it, and I thought it tasted great. Tasted fine. Looks like it's setting just fine. You know, another thing with baked stuff, and especially cakes when you're frosting to remember, is that you have to wait for it to cool. So what was nice about making multiple things at once is that we were actually able to get the banana uh, the banana bars, bars out mm-hmm. of the oven, let those cool, and then we turned our attention to making the pound cake. While the banana bars were able to cool, we were able to get the pound cake going, get that all set. And then the pound cake had to be in the oven for like an hour and 
like 30 minutes. So then we moved on to the moose and we were able to do the moose. Get the moose done. Um, just had to basically all that was was just whipping up some heavy whipping cream. And we actually had some chocolate that we had done because for um, was it Valentine's Day? I think Valentine's Day we decided to do some chocolate covered strawberries together. So we had a little bit of that chocolate left over. And so we just melted that back down and added that in with our heavy whipping cream. And there you have it. We had a nice chocolate mousse that's now setting in the fridge as well. Um, so, you know, we basically were able to get all this stuff done, let our bars cool, added the frosting because it's important to not add frosting on when the bars are when cake is still hot, actually. Otherwise, your frosting will get all runny and melt all over the place. Did the dishes. Yeah, as we were going along, you get you know it's very important to clean as you go. It makes the 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 job easier. You have very few dishes to deal with at one time versus having everything to deal with at one time. Plus, as Nikki previously mentioned, we needed a lot of those dishes again. Seeing as we have limited space, limited dishes, we had to keep you know cleaning as we were going, and you know really work as a team and come together. And it was really fun. I had yeah. a blast. I mean, I we I really enjoyed it. We also got to go it. through our fridge. Yeah, and get rid of some stuff that was. Not really needing to be in there. Yeah, kind of really, you know, gave us time to analyze what we needed, what we don't need, and use what we have and, you know, kind of make uh, dishes without having to go back to the store to get anything. We had everything that we needed, so it really turned out great. We found recipes that incorporated what we needed. Our, ba- our bananas were getting really ripe, and, you know, we were like, hey, banana bars it is. Yeah. But it's also like we talked about before, it doesn't always have to be cooking that you're doing with your spouse to like bond together. Yesterday, we also decided to go through all of our clothes and get rid of any clothes in our dressers that we didn't need anymore. So we could just make sure we have like clothes that we're wearing on a regular basis, not just extra clothes that take up space. And as much as that was a tedious task that most people would think of it was actually kind of fun to go through together and be like oh like do you like this do you think i need this like what's your opinion about this it's kind of cool to see how you've grown too when you do that kind of stuff you organize you clean you get rid of stuff to see how you've grown how your tastes have changed and you know really to take stock of what you need and what you don't need you know i think this time is very important to be able to sit down and take stock of what do i need what is a necessity and what's not a necessity Um, And it's really nice to have somebody with you to be able to run it by and be like, hey, am I just being silly right now or do I actually need this? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think our final point we have is that during this time, it's important to also go outside and walk because we've been doing a lot more of that. Yeah. We've been really appreciating the area where we live. It was upsetting not being able to go like to a new place for spring break, but I feel like we both feel rejuvenated ourselves with relaxing just at home and just enjoying Santa Barbara because it's a beautiful place to be in and I don't mind being uh, staying at home in Santa Barbara area. If I'm going to be stuck somewhere, either here or Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's it for today, guys. Thanks for joining us again. Stay tuned for our next podcast. 